are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3 in the Word of God. Philippians chapter 3. Let me speak for a few moments this morning on get on the winning side. Get on the winning side. The winning side. Not the losing side, but the winning side. I want to be a winner. And God wants me to be a winner. He don't want me to be a loser. I'm to be a winner. And know to your Bible. Down Philippians 3. But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have served the loss of all things, and to count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Underscore that in your Bible. That I may win Christ, and be found in Him, having uh, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God uh, by Christ. That I may know him, underscore that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Get on the winning side. Life is a succession of victories and defeats. That's true of every life. Victories on one side, defeats on the other. They come and they go. I watch a football game. One team, team wins, one loses. I watch a baseball game, one wins and one loses. Oh, there may be ties along the way, but most of it are winning and losing all the way through. Now, that's all of life, and that's your life and mine. This matter, winning and losing and going on. Now, I want to be on the winning side. Amen? I want to be on the winning side. And wait a minute. God wants me to be on the winning side. God's on my side. If God be for us, who can be against us? And I want to be on the winning side, the winning side. I want to win. I don't want to lose. I don't want to throw my life away. I've just got one life. I don't want to win. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose any day, any hour of it. I want to be spent for God, all of it. Now, if I'm to be on the winning side, number one, I've got to read the Word of God. If you're to be on the winning side, you must read and follow God's holy Word. Now, every one of us should be fundamentalist. A fundamentalist believes the Bible from cover to cover. And I believe it from cover to cover. And you believe from cover to cover. And we should read this book and believe it. All scripture is given inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness. All scripture. The Bible is infallible. It's never out of date. It's God directing your footsteps and my footsteps and showing what to do. This holy word of God. What a comfort is the Bible. In the hour of sadness, the Bible gives comfort. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Here's the Bible. The Bible comforts. And the Bible has answered every problem. Every problem of your life. Young man, young woman, you old or young, he'll give you the answer from the word of God. The Bible will guide your life and will show you what to do and will direct you day by day. Number one, you're on the winning side, the winning side, my friend, when you read and follow God's holy word. Number two, you're on the winning side when you pray. I believe in prayer. I believe God answered prayer. Amen? 
I know he answered prayer. Now, if I want to be on the winning side, I would have prayed. Now, the Bible said, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That means unceasing prayer. At prayer all of the time, night and day, year after year, you're to be praying and looking to God. And the Bible said, ask and shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and shall be opened unto you. Matthew 7, 7. Our Lord Jesus said it. And we're to pray. Now, if you're to be in contact with God, you had to pray. And have heavenly contact with Him by prayer life. We must pray according to the Word of God. God tells how to pray. We must pray in Jesus' name. Why? He's our Savior. He died on the cross for us. He saved our soul. And we must pray with a clean heart. The Bible said, If I regard naked in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If sin is in my heart, I'll not be heard of God. I've got to pray and believe. Now, I watch praying people. And when you're, you're praying, you're on the winning side. Uh, years ago, I met Dr. John R. Rice. Many of you remember his name, don't you? John R. Rice, great Bible teacher, great evangelist. And I was with him in meetings way back there. That's in the early part uh, of his ministry, too. And I, I, I was with him as just a young man. I'd go to pray, and we'd pray together and pray before a service. And sometimes I thought he'd never quit. He prayed on and on and on and on. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. But he believed God. And God blessed you for a long lifetime by his faith in God and by his prayer life. My friend, you're on the winning side when you pray. Now you simply pray unto God. Pray in the lonely hour. Pray in the painful hour. Pray in the defeated hour. Pray when you feel like it's all been done. Nothing more can be done. You keep on praying. Just trusting God. I want to be on the winning side. So I'm going to read the Bible and pray. Now that's number one. Number three. If I'm going to be on the winning side, I've got to surrender to His will. God has a will for you, my friend. Young and old. Every one of us. A will for your life. And if you're going to be on the winning side, you've got to surrender to the will of God. You know what's wrong with the world? Most folks out of the will of God. You know what's wrong in Washington, D.C.? Most of them out of the will of God. And what's wrong in your city? Most people out of the will of God. Put on all you want to have. I care what you're doing about the uh, matter that's going on to this time, what you're doing. And the thing that amazes, uh, cause all of the heartache and disturb and trouble in the world is that people are out of the will of God. And He wants you to be in His will. Now, you're always on the winning side when you surrender to His will and say, Father, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. A surrender of your life to everything. There must be a surrender to the call of God. Young man, is God calling you? Young woman, God calling you? Older people, God calling you? Then respond and say, Lord, I want to do your will and be in the center of your will. Now that's the secret. You're on the winning side, a winning side, when you surrender to the will of God. Number three, you're on the winning side when you worship God. Being in the house of God is important. Your being here this morning is important. It's important to you, important to others, and important to God because God wants you here. And this is important. And you're on the winning side when you're praying. Listen to the book. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together the manner of some is. We're to worship God. Worship God in spirit and in truth. I have a motto I've given to my people every year. Three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. Three to thrive. Be in every service. I've never known a man to backslide that went to all services of the church. Huh? Actually, I can tell you this, I've never known a man to have a serious difficulty in his life financially who went to church all the time and honored God. Now, if you want to be on the winning side, then you worship God. Worship God. Our nation's failing. We're failing because we're not worshiping God. 
That's where everywhere you go, people turn away from the house of God. They turn away, and you're to be in the house of God, and you're to be a worshiping God. The president ought to be in the house of God three times a week. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's right. Mr. Wish ought to be there, huh? In the, in the past, they haven't done that. Most of them have never done that. Never done that. But they should be there. And the humblest citizen ought to be in church. And you lose when you fail to worship. Now, you're on the winning side, the winning side, when you worship God. And being here this morning is not incidental. Being here this morning is not an imposition upon your time and your personality and your life. Not at all. Being here this morning is honoring God. And we sing and we pray and we read His book, His own book. And we honor God in this day. And without worship, your heart gets cold. And without worship, you lose your interest in the things of God. And the parents will uh, will lose a concern for building a Christian home when they're not in the house of God. And on and on you go. And this matter of worshiping, you do Him. We ought to worship God. He deserves all of our worship. He's given us everything we have. And we should honor Him by worshiping Him in the house of God. You're on the winning side when you worship God. I hasten on. You're always on the winning side when you say no to temptation. The devil tempts everyone. Satan is busy tempting people all the time. But you say no to the world of flesh and the devil. And you fight the good fight of faith. That's what Paul said. Fight the good fight of faith. Now what a battle for young people in this day. The drinking of liquor and drugs and gambling and immorality and profanity, all of these things. And to every bit of it, you say, no, I want to be on the winning side. And when I turn to sin, I'm on the losing side. Every time they losing, you cannot win on the losing side. You cannot win on the devil's side. But you can win on God's side. And you're on the winning side. And this day, now in this day, we're seeing weakness on the part of people. In, in, in offices of leadership in every place and turning away from God. They've lost their standards for life. You need standards and convictions. Say, this is what I believe. I've got conviction about. This I will do. This I will not do. And I'm going to honor God and be with Him and serve Him with all of my heart. I'm on the winning side when I say no to temptation. Again, you're on the winning side when you live expectantly. He said, expect great things from God, but I'm referring to something else. I'm referring to the coming of Christ. He said, I will come again. And I'm on the winning side when I'm looking for the return of Jesus. Now, here's the Lord's day. Good to be with you. He may come today. He can come at any time. That's in the Father's hand. But one day he's coming again. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you're on the winning side when you live expectantly. He may come today. I want to be ready for his coming. I want to be ready to stand before him, unashamed to give an account of myself unto God. And we've got to stand there. You're coming to the judgment seat of Christ. I'm be there. You'll be there. Save people. That's where Christians are judged. Have you served God lovingly? Have you served God willingly? Have you served God unselfishly? Have you served God faithfully? These are the ways that are given to us uh, for to be on the winning side. And you're on the winning side when you live expectantly. Jesus may come today. Things will not continue always. He is coming again. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, but where I am there you may be also. You're on the winning side. But let me give you one more. You're on the winning side, my friend, when you witness for Christ. 
Whenever you give your witness for the Son of God, you're on the winning side. Why? You're obeying Him. He said, go ye into all the world, and ye should be witnesses unto me. And we're to be witnessing for Him. A witness tells what he knows. And you're on the winning side when you witness for Christ. The best part of my life, and I've lived a good long life, 91 years. Pastored one church 40 years and six months. I saw literally thousands come to the Lord. A thousand and a thousand were baptized. And the best part of my life is the matter of witnessing for Christ, seeing people saved, seeing people born again, made right with God. And that's for every Christian. You're to say, Lord, I want to be a soul winner. I want to appoint people to the Lamb of God. I want to let them know that Jesus saves and keeps and satisfies. And you be with us every hour. You're on the winning side when you witness for God. I was 14 years of age in Louisville, Kentucky, my hometown. A young man came by named Claude Martin. And they let's go to Sunday school. I never gone to church in my life. Didn't know a thing about it. My family never went. And at 14 years of age, a big overgrown country boy, already in the second year in high school. But I went to, went to Sunday school. I sat on the class in the back of the building. Never had been there before, way back in the back of the building. Little room. About 10 or 15 boys there. And the teacher walked in. A lady teacher, Mrs. Daisy Halls, H-A-W-E-S. Had her Bible in her hand. A strange lady walked in and said, how many of you boys are saved? Well, I didn't know what she was talking about. I'd never heard a thing about salvation. I knew nothing about it all. They raised their hands, some of them, and I couldn't raise mine. Without a single moment's hesitation, she began and told me what it meant to be saved. She told me how to accept Jesus as my Savior. And as a result of that little teacher and her teaching me, beginning with that first Sunday, and every Sunday I went back and she did the same thing. And I accepted Christ as my Savior. I knew I was born again. I knew it then. I know it now. And I made up my mind. I go to church and go down the aisle. I didn't know anything about this church. I'd been going in the back door. Going out the back door. I went to church. I went to church, the old country church at Cedar Creek Baptist, and the preacher preached him, J.N. Benford. And gave a great message, I suppose. And uh, people were people excited and shouting amen. Gave an invitation. I walked down the aisle. I said, sir, I've accepted Christ as my Savior. I believe that he died on the cross for me. I know I'm saved by faith in him. And as the pastor there, holy man, and talking to me, a couple came down from the other side of the building. Big round church. And down the other side, came the back, stood back of me. When he finished talking to me, he turned to them. Who were they? A mother and father. And on that day, they were saved. They accepted Christ as their Savior. They'd never been there before. They came to check on me and see what I was doing. They got there and heard the gospel. And they they were born again. We were baptized at the same time. Now, you're a winner when you witness for Christ. When you tell people of the Lord Jesus and His power to save I was saved at 14 years of age. Sometime after that, not too long after, I was in Marengo, Indiana. Had an uncle who was a pastor of the United Brethren Church in that town. And uh, I was in his home next door from, to the church. I never knew, knew what it was to lead people to, to the Lord or to try. And uh, they had the service and 
I had gone back to my room. And I was awakened around midnight in that little room next to the church. I looked out the window, a young man walking by, trying to sing a gospel song. And I looked at him and thought of him. Next night in church, I saw that young man. He was in trouble. And I remember the night, the night before I went to walk down at, at the midnight hour by my room. I went over to him. asked him to be saved. He said, no, I said, come to the altar, let me pray with you. He came up to the front, old-fashioned altar, opened up the Bible, took John 3, 16, and pointed my first soul to the Lord. The first one I led to the Lord in my lifetime. Thank God I've seen thousands and thousands saved in these years. But I'm pointing out to you there must be a beginning time, and you're on the winning side when you witness for Christ. When you obey him and say, he said, you should be my witnesses. And you're a witness for him. And that puts you on the winning side. And God's with you when you witness. He'll be with you every time. You're on the winning side. Obey him. Let him have his way with you. My, how great the Lord is. I hold him meet up in West Virginia. Near Charleston. And uh, had a great crowd of people and wonderful thing. And a lady got saved along with many others. She went home that night. And praying for a husband. And after midnight he came home. Been drinking. But she was praying for him. And she told him she was praying for him. He told her to stop. But she kept on praying. Kept on praying. And finally agreed to come to the church the next night where I was preaching. He agreed to come. Never will forget it. And the next night when I stood to preach. There I saw the lady who had been saved the night before. And a man by her side. Folks up in years. I preached the gospel, gave a message, no response at first, but I stepped over the man and told him that Christ would save his soul then and there. If he'd come and take his stand for Christ then, and he left his place and came forward. I never forget it. The man named Dooley had been a wicked sinner, a drunkard for years and years, and people saw him born again. They were shouting and praising God over the whole building. The salvation of Dooley. I knew we'll forget it. And I stood there with him. And I thought of how the whole thing took place. The wife the night before and then the husband. And uh, Mr. Dooley saved, wiping the tears away. And I remember he turned to me and said, Brother Robertson, I'm saved. He said, I'd like to be baptized. I'd like to follow the Lord in baptism. That's what I think the Bible teaches. And I said, yes, it does. Yes, it does. He said, could he be baptized tonight? He, I said, well, I don't know. They don't have water in a baptistry now. But I'll ask them. And I asked them. They said, no, it takes about almost three hours to fill a pool. I went back and said, Brother Doodley Bay can't baptize you tonight. It takes three hours to fill a pool. He said, I'll be glad to wait. I said, you'd wait three hours? He said, oh, yes, I'd wait. I know I'm saved. I'm born again. I'd like to be baptized. And uh, I, I told the pastor what, what to do. And I said, go ahead. So we dismissed the crowd, but nobody left. They wanted to see it. I don't blame them. And after two hours and 45 minutes, it was pulling up. And old Dula walked in there and would follow the Lord in baptism. And his dear wife, who had been saved and baptized, and prayed all of it, all of it. Now, this matter of serving God, living for him every day, witnessing for him all of the time, that puts you on the winning side, the winning side when you witness for Christ and tell people of Jesus. Let him have his way with you. And would you say this morning in your heart, dear Lord, I want a closer walk with God. 
I want to be on the wings. I want to obey him in every way. I want to day by day live for him every hour. And I want to be a servant of the Lord. I want God to use my life and make me a blessing to others. Now, if you're not saved, you can be saved today. Thank God. Be saved now. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. I was 14 years old when I heard the gospel from a Sunday school teacher. Thank God she gave me the gospel. And I got saved. A little Sunday school teacher, a lady in a boy's class. And I accepted Christ. I'll never get over it. Not in this world nor the world to come. It's mine forever and forever. And yours too. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.